Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show with your host, Jason Brown, where each week Jason teaches you how to get yourself and your clients brutally strong and, of course, well conditioned. What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned. Happy New Year. This is the second show of 2023. And like I said in my last show, I'm excited to knock out a lot more of these this year. There's so many great topics that we can delve into this year. And um, I've had a lot of great questions over the last year about a variety of topics. And some of the questions really are kind of the same questions over and over. But I think that one of the questions that are at the top of the list comes down to that combination of both strength training and conditioning. How do you do the two optimally? And, you know, what are some do's and don'ts? And, and just, you know, how do we optimize those two things being done in the same week of training? So in this show, we're going to get into how to add conditioning to your strength programming. So the two can essentially communicate, work together, and you can get the best of both worlds. So first and foremost, I want to uh, preface this by saying that there are Plenty of coaches that still think that conditioning will rob you of your gains. And by conditioning, I mean slow, steady state, cardio. I hate the word cardio, but you know, I think that there's an association with cardio that separates it from just conditioning. You'll see that on any of my social posts, I almost never say cardio. I almost always say conditioning. And um, you know, I, I think that there needs to be a distinction between the two. But I think just for for layman's terms and what most people probably are you know, just accustomed to hearing is the word cardio. And, and, you know, for those of you that, that don't already know, obviously the root of that is cardio cardiac being related to heart health and improving heart health. And of course that has gotten kind of mixed signals and mixed reactions and people use it for different things. And, you know, we could go down a rabbit hole of cardio and whether or not it's the most effective way to lose fat and yada, yada, yada. But this particular show, we are talking about how to use a form of aerobic conditioning. So again, slow, steady state work, zone two work, as we were talking about the 60 to 70% of max heart rate range and have it be a bridge, have it improve our actual uh, capacity, but also our ability to recover between sessions, both the session and during the session, your sets, reps. Uh, how do you recover between those sets and reps? Do you need, you know, exorbitant amount of rest periods to recover between, you know, a heavy set of deadlifts? And of course, we know that there are certain rules that we have to adhere to as far as rest intervals are concerned. But having a baseline level of work capacity of general physical preparedness is needed for anything. And I would even stress that. Out of anything, we tend to see that most people are lacking in the GPP department. So let's take a step back. When I was a young strength coach, I was one of those people that thought cardio would rob you of your gains. Uh, any type of aerobic work, slow, steady work um, would rob you of your gains. And just for the sake of, uh, I guess, making the show easy, uh, I'm going to refer to this level of conditioning or cardio, if you will, as aerobic conditioning. Okay. So from here on out, I'm not going to say the word cardio. I'm going to refer to adding aerobic conditioning to your strength programming. So back in the day, and this being, you know, early 2000, 2004, from 2004, probably even up to geez, 2013, 2014, when I was a gym owner, I thought that any type of aerobic work would 
yield poor results in terms of strength, power, and even lean tissue. And I think if some of you can remember, there was that picture put out a long time ago. It was probably right around that uh, time frame, 2013, where it was a picture of a sprinter next to a marathon runner. And obviously you have a guy that has a, is carrying around a ton of lean tissue, um, looks chiseled, looks strong, looks powerful versus the marathon runner. And I, I think they, they chose a, a, a marathon runner with a particularly bad physique um, as the reference point to make a point. But that was the, that was the thing that was going around. Hey, train like a marathon runner. You're going to look like this train, like a sprinter. You're going to look like this. And the reality is, is that is simply not true. Now there are cases that marathon runner is in an extreme deficit. He's doing, you know, just miles per week that you and I cannot comprehend 20, 30, 40 miles per week, maybe even some cases more. That is a different scenario for people like me and you. And I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you're probably like me if you're listening to this show, as far as both, uh, uh, you know, an athlete and a coach, we're not doing that type of volume. We're not in that type of deficit. So the chances of us looking like that marathon runner are slim. And, you know, again, assuming that you are doing effective strength programming and you're, you're understanding that there is a need to train multiple levels of strength, whether it be maximal strength speed, strength, explosive strength, understanding the force velocity curve and things like that. But when we think about conditioning, aerobic conditioning added to our strength programming, there are still people that think it is not needed and they couldn't be any more wrong. I actually saw a post recently where a well-known podcast made a kind of a blanket statement post, but they tried to make it sound scientific uh, in the sense that you know, it was very clickbaity. It had a shit ton of engagement. I mean, I, I can't even remember how many comments there were, but there was probably thousands of comments on it. The level of, and I, I don't even want to say trolling because most people that were commenting were actually coming from a place of, of actually understanding that aerobic conditioning can add value to your strength programming. So there are lots of people disagreeing with the post, but I think posts like that, I would say that those, that particular podcast that put that post up on Instagram, knew what was going to happen. It did exactly what they wanted it to do. And that was to get engagement, to get people disagreeing. And I think that there's certainly something to be said as far as social media is concerned to being okay with people disagreeing with your message. And if you're not you know, pissing off someone, then you're probably not doing the right thing. I will say though, that I am a person that I, I don't enjoy that aspect of social media. Um, and I will never make blanket statements or speak in absolutes because there is never a one size fits. Anything I say needs to be taken with a grain of salt. So, you know, there are things that we know to be true. Let's get those out of the way. We know that it's important to train your foundational movement patterns. We know that having a level of aerobic fitness is important. You know, that. that's probably why you're listening, uh, because you, you do agree with me on that, but there are still plenty of people that do not think that that's the case. And they think that it's going to rob you of your, of your precious strength and hypertrophy gains. They're wrong. Okay. So after seeing that post, it's funny. I sent it to Joel Jameson. Joel Jameson is uh, easily the single most impact on me as a coach, as far as my understanding of the aerobic system and including aerobic conditioning in my programming on the regular to improve things like recovery. And uh, again, a whole host of benefits, which we'll get into before the end of the show. But I sent that post to him and his response was pretty epic. 
he basically said that that guy's a shithead and he couldn't be more wrong. And I think that there needs to be context considered when you put out a statement like that. If the goal is to get engagement, then they succeeded. But the unfortunate side of that is that people will see that post. And there were people on there that agreed that will remove aerobic conditioning from their training because they think it's going to essentially eat into the gains they're trying to make on the strength and hypertrophy side of things. And again, that's not the reality unless you are a marathon runner and you are just piling up the miles per week on your body. And maybe strength training is just kind of put is an afterthought that is a different scenario altogether. So again, speaking in absolutes is, is not the right way to go. You're not going to see me do that on social media. I don't care how many fucking likes it gets. I'm not here to get likes. I'm here to give information that's actionable and, you know, put coaches and people that are training, take their training seriously in the right position and having aerobic conditioning in your training is crucial to that. So if we think about aerobic conditioning, the power of aerobic conditioning, there are a number of different benefits. And I've had several articles that you're, you're more than welcome to read on why aerobic conditioning is important. But if we think about it just from um, the recovery standpoint, being able to develop more capillaries, being able to transport more nutrients and oxygen to working muscle, the whole recovery process requires energy. Being able to do that and develop aerobic fitness is really a corollary to that. To that. If you don't have a decent level of aerobic fitness, then your recovery process is not going to be what it could be. So that alone is, is super important. Now, if we look outside of just uh, the recovery process, we look at things like lifespan. We know that there are just a long list of studies that have been done that show correlations between people's VO2 max and how long they live. So if you do no aerobic conditioning, is your VO2 max going to improve? No. Strength training is a different adaptation in the heart. It's not the same as doing steady state aerobic conditioning. So with that said, I think that those two points alone, recovery in the session, outside of the session, how long you live, we could probably just end it there, but let's take it a step further. If we think about, you know, your ability to handle stress, I don't know about you, but I have stress. I have uh, three young kids that are at a stage right now where all they do is fight. So our, there's a lot of screaming. I wake up to screaming. By the time I get uh you know get out of bed, there's already been screaming, people fighting, and and you know you name it. So someone asked me recently um, why I like cold plunges, and my response was, well, I, I do think that they're you know as far as the the supportive research, and if you you check out uh, Huberman Lab, you've probably seen some of the stuff they've talked about. I think that's all valid, but I I think that the one important thing that I have noticed to be the main reason why I continue to put myself in freezing cold water uh, on a weekly basis is just how I feel. Generally, I feel better. I feel like I can handle the screaming and I am not adding to the screaming. I am able to, you know, put my, uh, show my kids that I can handle their screaming and not react to them the way I normally would if I was already stressed out. So as far as just the benefits of cold water, for me, I feel good doing it. I feel less stressed. And, you know, with that doing aerobic conditioning, I do aerobic conditioning on a weekly basis, usually about 90 to 90 minutes to two hours worth of zone two work on a weekly basis. And, and I think that that has a huge 
influence on things like my resting heart rate. Your resting heart rate is a great indicator of where you're currently at. Doing conditioning tests like the 60 second test where you get on an air bike, you sprint for 60 seconds, Usually your heart rate is probably going to be high 160s, low 170s, and you see how long it takes you to get down to 130. Um, you know, if you're over 60 seconds, then, you know, there's some room for improvement there. And, and you know, for me personally, I'm right around the 60 second mark. So I know that personally, you know, aerobic capacities, it was it used to be a huge issue with me. And why was it a huge issue? Because I never trained it. If you don't train it, you're not going to get better at it. I mean, you and I both know that. So, you know, not to get off uh, topic here, but you know, anything I recommend, there's not a one size fits. So I have clients that have resting heart. I have one guy that has a 38 resting heart rate. I've got two other guys that are in the low forties. They don't need copious amounts of aerobic work. Conversely, I have two women I work with that have much higher resting heart rates are very stressed out are very, um, sympathetically driven. And we are using measures to bring them down to, to get them into a, a more of a parasympathetic state. So I have less intensity in their training. So if I just said, Hey, you know, do, you know, one to two aerobic sessions a week, that might not be enough for someone, or it might be just enough. So know that the recommendations are always very loose and you have to utilize the things in your toolbox, like doing conditioning tests understanding what what is your client's resting heart rate if you're not taking that metric you should start taking that metric start understanding where their heart rate should be and you know generally speaking again i hate to throw out absolutes but generally speaking you know for guys we would like to see in the mid 50s for ladies we'd like to see in the low 60s um, and there's some data on that matt castoro from the movement system he is uh become a friend and he's a colleague of mine he does a lot of great stuff with people taking the CSCS. He's got, I mean, he's, he has literally got some amazing videos. You could save time of scouring through textbooks and just watch some of his uh, YouTube videos on things like exercise metabolism. He's got some really awesome information on resting heart rate, and he's got a huge endurance background too. So he's a great resource to go. I would highly recommend checking him out. I'll drop his handles in the uh, show notes. But check him out because he's got some really great data on that. I've learned a lot from him about uh, understanding resting heart rate and where your client should be. But another good test is that 60-second uh, test and how high or how fast someone can go from, say, 170 to, to 130. And again, you know, if we're thinking about the, the big picture here, the big picture here is that we want to be able to recover between sessions so we can get the most from our training. We want to be able to handle stress in and outside of the gym, and we want to have a good quality of life and, you know, live as long as we can and be around for our families. So I think that aerobic training checks all of those boxes. Now, how much aerobic training is going to be completely at the discretion of, of the coach um, or yourself, you know, where you're currently at. And, and if you feel like conditioning is low hanging fruit, then I would, I would say, that should be a priority for you. Spend some time making it a priority. Maybe you back off on the strength work. So just to kind of give some general guidelines here, I'm a big believer in starting with the lowest effective dose. So for things like Team CXE, my uh, training subscription on Train Heroic, we tend to do about two hours per week, anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours a week of aerobic conditioning where we're in the zone two, you know, we're, we're a zone two for, you know, uh, probably 
the majority of that work. We'll probably have some of that time where it might creep up depending on different things that we're using or, or different styles of, of conditioning work, aerobic conditioning work that I'm, I'm using for a certain length of time. But generally speaking, we're going to see something around the 90 minutes to two hours of total volume throughout the course of the week. Now, Team CXE is made up for the most part of former CrossFit athletes. I have yet to see anyone that has come to me one-on-one in the last 10 years um, with a CrossFit background that wasn't inclined as far as the endurance side of things. Usually I see that people coming from CrossFit or even people that go to CrossFit and then, you know, come to me, you know, it it, it tends to be people that have uh, a a higher level of experience as far as endurance, running 5Ks, 10Ks, even, you know, some of them running marathons. Um, So, I found this to be a sweet spot in the training. Now, if you look at an actual study on concurrent training, there's there's three. I'm going to drop those in the show notes as well. And optimal dose, so it doesn't bleed into your strength work, tends to be around two to three hours per week where you're staying under 80% of max heart rate. Okay, so that fits right in. And it's it's really kind of interesting to me seeing this stuff now because for years, I was kind of intuitive intuitively programming the same amount of aerobic conditioning. Um, and it wasn't, it, you know, prior to 2015, there was very little aerobic work in my programming because again, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. And I still thought that there was a chance it would bleed into our strength and hypertrophy gains. Obviously I was wrong. And, you know, here we are today, present day, and the aerobic side of things has been an absolute game changer for both myself and all the people I've worked with. Um, it is a mainstay in every single program. Even those guys I mentioned that have resting heart rates in the low 40s, high 30s, we still do at least 90 minutes of aerobic work per week. Now, you know, again, sliding scale, right? We have people on the other end of the spectrum. They might need a little bit more. We might need to break it up, break that up into more sessions. Uh, but generally speaking, this is what I found to be the sweet spot, 90 minutes to two hours. And again, the average would likely play out if you looked at all the metrics across all my clients, the average would probably be around 65% of max heart rate. Again, just looking at an average. So hopefully that gives you a little bit more perspective. If I was, if I was to lay this out in the course of a week, and you can look at any number of my articles, there are really two ways that come to mind if I was just thinking of a general template for a concurrent style training where we're using something like um, you know strength and hypertrophy work for three to four of our main sessions and then we're using our aerobic conditioning for, for two to three of our main sessions. How it would play out in the course of a week would be something like a lower intensive session on Monday, an upper intensive session on Tuesday. Wednesday would be a longer aerobic session where we are looking at anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes of zone two style work. And again, you can do that in a number of ways, plenty of resources on my site to check out how to do that. Thursday would be another lower intensive session. And um, I would typically break these up by um, dominant pattern. So Monday would be a squat pattern. Tuesday would be a press pattern. Wednesday is our aerobic, our longer um, zone two day. Thursday would be likely a lower hinge pattern. Friday would be an upper pull pattern. Saturday would be another longer zone two session. And again, I'm going to lay this out in the show notes so you can see two examples of how I would do this. If I was leaning more towards conditioning, 
then I would likely have that third strength session be a full body session. And I would have three aerobic conditioning sessions. Again, done in a number of ways. It doesn't have to be boring, go on a treadmill for an hour. We can break it up and do a few different things within that to make it interesting. But I would likely prioritize three of those sessions. And that would put us right around that three hour mark for our aerobic conditioning. And again, you might have clients that might need more than that. Maybe they need uh, uh, you know, two strength sessions and they need three aerobic sessions, or maybe they don't have the availability and you find uh, kind of an in-between and maybe we're supplementing um, some more walking. Maybe they're, they're um, you know, engaging in some longer walks throughout the week where their heart rate's probably not gonna be zone two, but it's going to be a nice intermediary that, thing that we can do to help kind of bridge that gap. So long story short, aerobic conditioning, is a mainstay in my programming. I am, that's one thing I'll never change my mind on. There are many things I will change my mind on. And, and, you know, there are things that I have changed my mind on over the course of the last few years, but aerobic conditioning is a thing that's here to stay. I, I don't ever see that going away, um, from my programming because it has had such a profound effect on both myself as well as my clients, uh, results. The main thing here, there's no speaking in absolutes in this world. You don't know how much you need and you need to figure that out. If you don't know how much your client needs, look at their resting heart rate. Look at their lifestyle. Are they chronically stressed out? Are they, um, you know, do they have stress on all ends? You have to dig into those things on your in your onboarding process. You have to understand what they do for a living. What are their stress levels like? And then we get some data points like their resting heart rate. Um, you can take a step further and use a training tool uh, for heart rate variability like Morpheus. I will also drop a link to that. That's another fantastic tool that I have all, almost all my clients using and remove the guesswork with those data points and then retest these things. You know, every eight to 12 weeks, retest. If you have someone that is super high, um, maybe they start off and their resting heart rates in the 70s. I've had several people that started off were very high and we were able to bring them down very quickly. Usually, you know, the first step of bringing them down, if you structure your programming correctly and your goal is, to bring them down, it can be done in a short period of time. Usually there's just kind of that residual effect of just all the stress that's going on in their life. And that's kind of bringing things up. Um, and we can use measures to counteract that and bring that down pretty quickly. Now, you know, going from, from 70 to 60 is, you know, going to be quicker for a lot of people getting below that is that's when, you know, if that is the goal, of course, then you need to tailor your programming to that, to bring them closer to that goal. But I'll go on a limb and say that most people that I work with are looking for that combination. They know conditioning is important, but they also want to look good in the bathing suit. They want to feel good. They want to be strong, um, be able to perform. Um, so having an equal dose of that is the way to go. And we do that with Team CXE. We're actually coming up on a new season of training and different seasons of training. All that means is that I just bias different methods, um, things that revolve more around certain elements of fitness. And, you know, it's it's far from a linear approach, but it is more of a bias on certain things. So at certain times of the year, we might use certain methods and we're coming up on uh, focusing on a little bit more strength and hypertrophy, specifically hypertrophy. And we are going to only do two conditioning sessions, but there'll be much longer. They're going to be, you know, anywhere from 45 to 60 minutes of steady state work. And we'll do that twice a week versus doing three 30 to 40 minute sessions, three times a week. Um, so there's, there's some variability there of, of how we do that. But overall, these are things that are in my programming year round. You're going to see aerobic fitness in my 
training year round. It's never going to come out. I'm not going to say, Hey guys, we're not going to do any aerobic work for the next uh, three months. Doesn't happen. And for all the reasons that I previously stated. So hope all that makes sense. Check the show notes. Again, I'm going to provide two examples for you of a template of how to do it. Of course, you know, take the plunge, take the seven day trial on team CXE, see how I do it. It's all there. A lot of this will make sense. And then if you are a coach, you want to take the programming to the next level and have a complete resource. The programming playbook is the way to do that. Everything I'm talking about from the actual science, the templates, the programming, uh, the library of methods for both strength and conditioning is there. Take advantage of it is an incredible product, something I'm incredibly proud of and uh, something you will absolutely love. That's it for today, guys. Let me know. If you have questions about this, comment on my IG post. I've got a lot about conditioning. Sometimes the messages, you know, a lot of times people DM me, those get lost very easily. There's been a lot of those coming in over the last few months. Drop your questions on my post. I respond to almost everything personally, and um, I'll be sure to answer your question on that. If you have an idea for a show, feel free to email us, info at jasonbrowncoaching.com. See you on the next show. This was another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. And be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. 